today from the New Testament of the uh, second letter of Timothy, reading from chapter 2, verses 14 to 19. And as I read these various passages, listen for God's special word to you. will not hold anyone guiltless 
who misuses his name. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. There's this great scene that I want to share with you from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And as I was writing my sermon for today, I realized that that is not the first time I've opened a sermon with a scene from that exact movie. But it's a great movie and it is worth sharing another scene from. Throughout this movie, Indiana's father, Henry Jones, keeps calling him Junior. And Indy is clearly bothered by this, and eventually he snaps at his father, and he says, Will you please stop calling me Junior? And uh, another friend of theirs says, Please, what does this mean, always with this Junior? And Henry says, That's his name. Henry Jones Jr. And Indiana says, I like Indiana. And Henry says, we named the dog Indiana. And their friend says, the dog? You're named after the dog? And Indiana says, I have a lot of fond memories of that dog. What's really fun about this is that there really was a dog named Indiana. George Lucas, one of the creators of Indiana Jones, at one time had a dog named Indiana. That's where he got the name for this title character. Naming a character after this dog was his way of remembering a beloved pet. Naming someone or something after a person, or in Indiana Jones's case, a dog, is a way of paying tribute to them, of honoring them or their memory. My granddad named his boat after his wife, Mary Ann. And I've always said, if I ever have a boat, I will call it Peg Leg Norm after my granddad, who yes, only had one leg and was named Norman. When we announced that we were going to name, or what we were going to name Gloria, my mom was really uneasy about it. And I had to like ferret out of her what it was that that made her uneasy about this name. And it turns out there was a girl she went to high school with who was named Gloria. And that Gloria was not exactly her favorite person. And just hearing that name, brought back uncomfortable memories for my mom. The things that the person had done lived on just by the sound of her name. But we were naming Gloria after another Gloria, whose life we believe is worth remembering for a very long time. A good, kind, smart, funny Gloria, who we wanted to honor. Many of the places in the world are named for people. Those of us from Pennsylvania live in a place named for William Penn. Pittsburgh is named for William Pitt. Uh, There were a lot of Williams back in the day. Naming someone or something after a person is an important sign of honor. And you don't want to name something trivial after a person because that might suggest that person is trivial. 
You don't want to do something stupid or mean or dangerous or against what a person stands for and say that you owe it all to them because then it makes it sound like they are stupid or mean or dangerous or that they stand for something different than they do. That sort of thing brings dishonor to their name. While we don't live in an honor-based culture here in the U.S. like other cultures around the world or even like ancient Hebrew culture, we do still hold names to be very important. And the idea of having a good name is still a thing that we worry about. As deeply rooted as names are today, that was even more so in the time that the Ten Commandments were given. And as important as human names were, that was even more important in regards to God's name. When we talk about God, we usually say God, which is not really a name, it's a title, it's a statement. There's little case G, God, which could be anything that someone worships, but we use large case God. It's a fill-in for God's name. We also sometimes say the Lord. Again, that's not God's name. It's a, a way of referring to God without saying a specific name. In many contexts, we use the name Jesus, which was the name given to God when God was here on earth doing the whole human thing. But Jesus was actually a pretty common name at the time. And in fact, around the world today, it is still a pretty common name. It comes from Yeshua, which was the ancient version of the name that we now pronounce Joshua. I know lots of of Joshua's. You all probably know many Joshua's. Depending on the part of the world that you live in, you might know many Jesus's as well. It's a, still a common name all these thousands of years later. But very rarely do we use God's name as given to Moses in Exodus 3.14. And in Hebrew scripture, while God's name was written, it was a derivation of the uh, Hebrew words that meant I am. Um, It was never, or it was written, but it was never actually read aloud when they came to that part in scripture. It would be replaced with something else like Adonai, which means Lord. The name of God was so powerful, so mighty, so terrifying that nobody wanted to take any chances saying it in the wrong way or in the wrong circumstances. They took God's name very, very seriously. God is powerful. And when the Ten Commandments were given, God had just drowned an army to save the Hebrew people. They had seen incredible miracles, and they were so in awe of God's power that when Moses went up the mountain to meet with God, the people said, have fun up there with God. We're going to stay safely right down here at the bottom of this mountain. That same powerful God, through these Ten Commandments, was building covenant, long-lasting relationship with these people. And that covenant came with such intimacy that God had revealed God's name to the people. Well, I am on a nerdy pop culture roll today. I'm just going to keep on going and toss in a Doctor Who reference along with the Indiana Jones reference. Uh, In Doctor Who, the main character's name is not actually Doctor Who. Rather, he or she, the character has been played by both 
uh, goes by the doctor. And the doctor is an ageless alien time traveler who doesn't die, but rather regenerates into a new body, making it very easy for them to cast a new actor when the old actor quits, dies, or retires, which is why that series has been going on for so many decades. But nobody actually knows the doctor's name. When introduced, people will often say, Doctor Who? But the doctor has already zipped off to save the universe before they get an answer. In one of the newer seasons of the show, we meet the doctor's wife, River Song. And because they're both time travelers, the doctor and River aren't always at the same point in the timeline as each other. So one might remember more about the relationship than the other at any given time when they're together in the same time and place. And there's this beautiful scene in one episode in which to prove that she is as close to him as she says she is, River whispers the doctor's real name into his ear. And because she's the only one who knows his real name, he immediately knows that she is who she says that she is. Names are powerful. Names are intimate. Names are part of who we are. Names are a way of knowing someone. And God, in giving us a name to call on, is giving us access to power and an intimacy that we can get no other way but by calling on that name. When I was a kid, this commandment was basically taught to us as just no cussing. Not, not just not using the words God or Jesus as expletives, but not using any expletives at all. When I was a kid, we couldn't even say shut up to anyone but the dogs. It was okay to say it to the dogs when they were barking, but not to people. And that all fell under the umbrella of this commandment of not to take God's name in vain. And that never made sense to me because God's name is not shut up. First of all... Modern cuss words were not even in existence at the time that the commandments were given. They could not possibly have been talking specifically about that. Those words are rude in many circumstances, and the Bible has things to say about rude and mean speech in other places. But this commandment is not about that. This commandment is so much deeper than that. And it certainly says to be careful how we use God's name in the actual saying of it, but it takes it even further than just tossing out God's name as an expletive or worrying about saying it out loud or when reading scripture. Taking God's name seriously is about more than just saying or not saying God's name. It's about honoring the power that is given because of the relationship that we have been granted with God. Knowing God's name means being in intimate relationship with God. God says at the very beginning of these commandments, which is why we read verses 6 and 11, we went back to that beginning, God says, remember who I am. Remember what I have done for you because of this relationship, because of this covenant, and then act accordingly. And here's how to act accordingly. The way we take God's name seriously is to do that which honors God, that which we are asked throughout this covenant. Love God first and foremost, and love our neighbors. That is the concrete way we take this intimate covenant and the power of God's name seriously. We honor God's name by our dedication to God and by doing God's work of love 
and compassion and justice in the world? Are people being taken care of and treated as God's creations? Or are we sitting around saying God is good but not living in to God's goodness? Are we calling ourselves Christians but living lives of apathy, ignoring the suffering of others? Because there are plenty of suffering people around us, both near and far. And sometimes the pain and suffering in the world seems too much for us to take on. But remember that power in God's name. If we are acting according to God's will for justice and compassion in the world, as we see in this covenant document of commandments, we can do great things. If we are to really take seriously God's name and the power of that relationship that we are offered in this covenant, we have to believe that God has great things in store. Abraham became the father of a nation. Moses led God's people to freedom. Mother Teresa brought compassion and healing to countless numbers of people. Martin Luther King Jr. led a movement that brought a new freedom to an entire nation. And they all did so knowing the power of the one God with whom they walked, knowing what God promises to do through the covenant we are offered. If one person acting in God's name, not taking lightly the power we are given in the covenant, can have the impact that each of those people acting in God's name did, Imagine what a whole room full of people acting in God's name can accomplish. Here is your prayer prompt for this week. Do we have, oh, we do have a screen. Can you? There you go. This week, ask that God would show our church family how we can honor God's name in our community. What are the ways in which we are living into the power and intimacy offered to us? And in what ways are we taking that for granted? Let us pray. Almighty and powerful God, help us to remember the power of your name. Show us where we are acting in ways that bring dishonor to your name or that take the power of your name for granted. Remind us of the beauty of the intimate covenant you have offered to us all. Let us see where it is that you are working so that we might be the tools you use to work your good in the world around us. Amen.